Well, there are a lot of excited people in this audience once we announced that Cantor Benny Rogoznitsky was coming on to discuss these high holidays. They were anxious to hear what he has to say, and now we get the opportunity. Cantor Benny Rogoznitsky, of course, of Parky Synagogue. Cantor's World, somebody who is looked to uh, by so many who lead the tefillah, even when it's not COVID, uh, for guidance and for advice. Cantor Benny Rogoznitsky, Shana Tovah, Gemar Chatima Welcome back to JM in the AM. Shana Tovah, Nachum, Gemar Chatima to you and all the listeners. Wonderful to be back. Appreciate that very much. Uh, let's start with Parky Synagogue. Um, you would say, compared to a normal crowd, the main sanctuary had what percentage full? I would say about 20%. And was the lineup the same as usual? Were the same people who usually take care of Sukkot de Zimra, Shachris, and Musaf, and Mariv, the ones who did so this year? So, partially. First of all, we did not daven Shachris in the shul. Wow. We, we started from Kriyat Torah from Laning. Interesting. So that was a very big change. Yeah. And in, in addition, we did not have the choir this year. Right. And that also was a huge change. Um, and so we compressed services into about two hours, what which were, is not easy. What were you responsible for? So we had two minyanim. We had an 8.30 minyan, and we had an 11.30. I conducted the 8.30, and Chazan Helfgott conducted the 11.30. Wow, interesting. Uh, and did you, in fact, finish the entire service in about two hours? So I can only speak for myself. <laughs> I finished in two hours, and Cantor Helfgott was thinking about it, and I think he's still thinking about it. <laughs> But uh, but they forgive him. <laughs> it's like in college, you know, an hour is not necessarily 60 minutes, you know what I mean? <laughs> Correct. Correct. Uh, I'm surprised that he was even here, or has he in fact been here? And not that it's our business, frankly, but if you can give us a you know at least a little hint. Has he, has he been here for the bulk of the last few months? No. This was actually, it was very, very emotional, because this was his first time back in the shul wow. since Parsha Zohar, and everybody knows that he was unwell, and thank God he had a recovery. Right. And this was his first time singing. Uh, Slichos was actually the first time, and then Rosh Hashanah, the first full minion. You know, it, it's interesting, and I don't know if you've heard this from others, and this could be so anecdotal that it's almost ridiculous for me to mention, but I have to say it. I feel I have to say it. Uh, obviously, when we heard he was ill, everyone's not only, I mean, everyone is concerned about his health. That goes without saying, especially those of us who know him. But then beyond that, you know, you wonder, you know, what effect all of this will have on his ability to lead services. And and frankly, I have come across more than one person who has suffered, unfortunately, from COVID-19, in some cases really drastically, and in all seriousness, those who listen to them feel their voices better than ever. Now, I don't know if you've heard that, and you, you can imagine for the last few months, thank God, Bli'ayin Hara, I've not been ill. And one of the things I keep saying is I don't want, I don't want this thing to ruin my career. Even if, even if I live, please, God, I don't want it to have permanent damage on, on, on my voice. <laughs> right. First of all, have you heard this? Is it, is it crazy? Did he do well compared to other years? What would you say? It's a very interesting question. It, it is true, by the way, that one of the side effects that people are seeing from the virus is that it does, it can affect the vocal cord. Right. But I can also say that and the lung, many, and, and it and has and the lungs. I would a, assume the lungs also. Correct, and, and the lungs also, because that's the first thing that right. That's the, right. that's one of the things people exhibit with Corona that they they have breathing issues right. and and the lung capacity. Right. But as it relates to Hazen Helfgott, I have to tell you. Not only did he sound better than ever, I would say that he sounded even more emotional than usual. And I guess when you go through such a life-altering experience, it adds a lot of emotion to, to, to the davening. 
Unbelievable, I'll tell you. And therefore, in all seriousness, both for you and him, and I would think anybody who leads Davening, as much as there was speed this year and an abridged service in some cases, as you described, the emotion was on a different level. Even as you're struggling, whether you had a mask on or not, and, and you're trying to get people who are wearing masks and are so far away from you to participate, and you're dealing with 20% of the usual crowd, even with all that going on, there must have been a stepped-up emotional experience for you. Yes, because I think two things. Before even the Chazan opens his mouth, for so many people, they hadn't been to shul in six months, right? right? And so this is your first experience, and you're nervous. Did I make the right choice? Should I have come to shul? Should I have listened to my spouse and stayed home? And so you're there. And so that already is emotional. And then you hear the Chazan saying Hinani or Avos or Nesanatokov, like you said at the opening of this. Right. I mean, you don't have to have much to move you. Right. And, and, and it's interesting. People, Some people listening may not even realize that you're, you're even speaking about the shulgoers. Many of them still had not been back in shul till Rosh Hashanah. They were davening backyards. They were davening outdoors in other places. They were davening outside of shuls. And, 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 or in a shul, but not a regular sanctuary. And this was for even for them, for regular the shulgoers, it may have been a first experience of being in a regular shul setting. Wow. Yes, it's very true. And by the way, when I saw people in the shul, the one sense that I had from them is anxiousness. Not about the cantors, thank God, but about <laughs> sitting sitting in the sanctuary. You know, was it safe? The doors right. are open, but did I make the right choice? And that itself puts you in a place where you're emotionally ready. And when you hear the chazan and the tefillahs, it, it, it's very, very moving. It's funny. I saw your intro, uh, the advice you were giving, and I want to thank uh, my friend Josh Levine who sent it to me. I wasn't aware of it until he had sent it to me. Uh, you had some really good um, uh, uh, advice for people who were leading services this year. And, and in all seriousness, one of the things you said was even if you're not speeding up like crazy, Still, you must give the impression, you have, to, you have to instill the confidence in the people that you're aware of the clock, that you are, you know, that at the proper times or at the, at the you know, obvious times, you are, you know, going ahead and, and making sure to speed up the service. Because as you just described, people, some people are uncomfortable being anywhere in public for any extended period of time, especially indoors and especially near, I know they weren't very near, but especially near other people. So you need yeah. to instill the confidence in them. By the way, that's very, very true. And I say this to Hazanam all the time. First of all, in my 27-year career, nobody ever complained to me that I had happened too fast. <laughs> you know? That is not a complaint that I've heard. Uh, what people generally complain is that it's schlepped out. Right. And that's uh, universal to many of my, me, me and my wonderful colleagues. <laughs> the idea, though, is you want to make an impression, right. but you want to move it along. And it's, that's always true, but it's especially true this year. By the way, I was stunned by your advice on Kedusha. Because in all seriousness, I mean, you know I lead services, thank God, New Springville Jewish Center, last 37 years, and I had a really, compared to most people, I had a really good situation this year, really large place, and, you know, the whole thing. We, we, we in, all, in, in, in theory, we didn't really even have to abridge davening at all, but again, because of the comfort of the people there, you have to respect that. Um, so it was a really good situation, but, but I, every year, when I, when I speak about how I lead services, I always talk about how it's a relatively quick Kedusha for Musaf. And the reason is because, seriously, the congregation, especially on the second day, Yantif, has been standing from the opening of the Ark 
through the entire Nisana Tokev portion, which, as you know, if it's done properly, you know, can take some time. So Kedusha, in my opinion, you know, as opposed to the regular year, regular Shabbos, regular Yuntif, Kedusha is not the time to exhibit, you know, the lengthy part of davening. You you sort of said that for this year. You sort of said that when it comes to Kedusha, keep the Nusach, but be aware of the fact that people are going to get a little antsy at that point during davening. Right. I mean, it, you know, it really is a double-edged sword, because when people stand up, you generally have their attention. Right. But people's attention is limited. And right. like you said, even if you're, you're speeding through it, you have the first two brachos, you have right. Sanatokev, you have Kilo Sachbots, and Kitzvah, you're up for 15 minutes. 15 right. minutes of standing, at minimum. it's hard for people. Right. So I always say, you know, give them something. Obviously, you need the Nusach, right? right. You need that, because right. people, they, they, they associate that with Kedusha and with Yomim Noraim. But that's not the time to sing all the the best of the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. <laughs> By the way, as we approach Yom Kippur this coming Sunday night, is Kianu Amecha the only song that every shul in the world sings? Is that the only shul that's, that's, that's uh, honestly universal, or do you think there are other communal singings during the high holidays that are, in fact, universal? It's a, that's a very good question. I think Kianu Amecha is one of the top. Um, I probably, think also the, probably the, top know, three. Like I, I yes. yeah. yeah, I would say the intro into Mariv, you know, the, right. uh, I think right. universally, even in Hasidic Shuls, is a variation of that. Correct. And then the Avinu Malkeinu at the end. Right. Avinu Malkeinu. That right. universe, anywhere you go, you hear some variation of that. Oh, unbelievable. I'll tell you. Are, uh, is, is Yom Kippur... It's funny, I just played Dudu Fisher before, and he and I have, have spoken on the air about about Yom Kippur, how difficult it is to keep the attention of the crowd. Yom Kippur night, everyone has just eaten a big meal. It's not always easy, although, in my opinion, Yom Kippur night is the most inspiring night of the year in terms of tefillah, if, if it's done right. Uh, and then Yom Kippur Day, he always says is one of his favorite days of the year because you know he he hasn't eaten anything. He feels great, and you know, and you got right. and you got to get up there and sing. Uh, I'm wondering um, if if now that Rosh Hashanah is behind you, is Yom Kippur now settled in your mind? Like, are you are you fine going into Yom Kippur or the Yom Kippur liturgy? And again, the length is so different than Rosh Hashanah that you're again building up that anxiety to Sunday night and Monday. No, so I, in, on a usual year, after you pass Rosh Hashanah, you feel like you're halfway or three-quarters there. Right. But this year, because so much is left in the Chazan's hands, right, it's really in our hands what we're going to concentrate on. Right. A regular year, you know there are certain davenings that you're not going to go f- fast through. This year, for example, I'm not going to do the Avoda that, like I would usually do. Right. I'm not going to do Vakoanim like I would only do one instead of, instead of the three as far as singing them. Right. I'll cut out a lot, even Shmakulenu. I will right. do much shorter than I would usually do. So you're always nervous about, are you doing it right? And there's really no roadmap for this. You know, you just have to use your seichel. You have to think what connects. And you have to be ready to change in the middle of davening. So right. I wrote myself this year an option A and an option B. <laughs> and so that, you know, in case, I don't know, the rabbi decided to speak or we needed to go faster or something, there would always be a backup plan for the davening that would finish within those two hours that we were allotted. By the way, isn't it funny that uh, we're rushing for time, but the rabbis do find five minutes to speak? <laughs> uh, can't there? I, I, look, <laughs> my job is very important to me, and I am not going to go on air and say anything other than our rabbis are fantastic at parkies. <laughs> that I know. Uh, did they adjust the Mishabarachs, by the way? Did they do anything to the Mishabarachs during laning? So, uh, it's a, uh, yes, we did just one Mishabarach at the end for everyone. For wow, all the nice. 
And uh, so that saved some time. We did, obviously, oh. the Tsahal and the Medina, right. we did that. Right. And that it's, you know, and it's almost sad because that is such a highlight in a show like ours. Right. Like the Mishaber Fatsal could take 10 minutes. People come uh, to your show just to hear that. Absolutely. <laughs> so we, we, of course, sang it, but we did it in an expedited manner. Right. Unbelievable, I'll tell you. I, I hope. I hope that this is not, you know, finding favor with too many people. I hope when it comes to uh, to twenty twenty one that people will will want to go back to the regular traditional uh, approach toward the high holiday services. Are you getting the feeling that that as much as sometimes people like to complain that they do miss it? So, Nachum, I'm I'm sorry to say for my colleagues and friends that are Chazanim, I think that we're going forward and not back. And that is that Bezrat Hashem, everybody will be well, and next year this will be over. But I think the idea of moving services along is going to stay for now and for the future. Because at the end of the day, we, when we've discussed this many times, Chazanus, the way it was, is no longer here. Even right. in the large and beautiful shuls, even in a shul like ours, right. there's always a time limit. I think now that we're showing that we could do this in an expedited, abridged service, many members are going to want a shorter kind of service. And by the way, that's a reality. Right. I say if the members want to hear you and they want to hear a little less, that's fine. It's much better than they not, they're not wanting to hear you at all. But you're making a very important point, and that is that in a shul like yours, even a year like next year, let's say, for instance, people would be aware in advance of how long the service will be. People will either informally or formally be informed when they should expect approximately to be able to leave shul, right? That, that, would that be accurate? Absolutely. It's never open-ended. And that's true, by the way, even on a regular Shabbos. Right. The time is very, very uh, clearly prescribed, and we know how to fit the davening within those time limits. Unbelievable, I'll tell you. A uh, strange year, and, and you've uh, you've shed some light on this, I'll tell you. I really thought things would go back to normal next year, but you may be right. Uh, that this could be a uh, this could be somewhat of a permanent change. Permanent may be the wrong word, but an adjustment. Maybe change is the wrong word. An adjustment to the way we approach uh, the davening, uh, both on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Um, it, what have you done schedule wise? Have you announced that the Yom Kippur service, which traditionally I would assume calls for what a two to three hour break at some point during the day, I would assume that this year on Monday there's going to be a much longer break for the congregation. Correct. In general, by the way, our board and medical team voted to have no longer than two hours in the main sanctuary. Wow. So that is very, very tough. Wow. Because if you think about it, laning Yisker, not yeah. Yisker service takes 45 minutes on a regular year. Wow. You know, it's a Yisker for the Holocaust, for the members, for, for the terrorist victims in Israel. All that's not going to happen. We're going to have a Yisker service, but it's going to be abridged. And we're literally going to fly through the davening with, with highlights, with moments of inspiration and right. connection with people. Unbelievable. What do you do for Hayom Tam Tzainu? Or in a normal year? I guess this year you're not doing anything for it, right? Right. <laughs> what right. do you do in a normal in, in, year? In a normal year, you would either use a, a Kalabach Nigan like, Hayom ah. Not bad. I like that. Yeah, and it's easy. It's, it moves along this year. We'll just say it. But there's also very, very famous uh, cantorial pieces with choirs that obviously are not going to happen this year. And Sunday night, Kihine Kachomer, do you have a specific tune? Do you adjust year to year? What do you do for it? So uh, I, I personally adjust year to year. Chazan Helfgott sings the Lubavitch Kinei Kachomer and, and other variations. Of do, do I know that one? What is that? Do I know that one? Sure. Right. 
And, uh, but again, even that, Nachum, think about that. It takes time. It may not take time on the clock. It takes time as you sing it. Right. If you're keeping to the beats, I mean, you need to give people songs that you can move along. Bechol Maminim, for example, I sang the first four or five, and I just read through the rest right. in order to save time. It's funny, you know, Bechol Maminim, I, I sang the first three or four and then went through the rest. And then the second day, I said to myself, you know what, th- th- there's time for me at the end to do the last four with singing. You know what I mean? Like I just, I think the first day I overcompensated with the with the you know with the need to really go quickly. If I told you how long Kazar Shashatz was the first day of Musaf, you'd be you'd slap me across the face, Cantor Betty. You'd you'd object. I can tell you that much. Uh, Let's just say some Gedalia at the at the Bialystoker was a longer service. Let's put it that way. Nachum, I have every confidence in your abilities as a chazan and Balt One thing I did notice, and tell me if I'm wrong in your case, no one's touching. I don't know if I'm, I may be wrong about this. I don't think anyone's touching the Neila schedule. Am I right about that? Everyone's basically doing the what normally is the 50 to 55 minute Chazar shots for Neila and probably not adjusting anything in terms of what they normally do. Yes, you're right. The only thing like in our shul that we're doing different is Mafte Yona. We just ah, usually could take 15 minutes. Right. It's going to take five minutes. We found a very fast uh, balcor at five wow. minutes. Wow. That, uh, that's something you should implement every year, by the way. Mafter Yoda <laughs> in five minutes. That would be a yeah, good idea. But, but, but by the way, in all seriousness, Nachum, I really do believe this, that there are, there are a lot of positive things that will come out of this realignment of the davening. Not everything is positive, and I agree, and I'm sure many people will say, no, we need right. to go back to what was. But we do have to move with the times. Even us cantors who like to sing the recitatives, who like to, you know, be heard with the choir, times are changing, even pre-corona. And this right. is just, you know, it's facing reality. Right. But it won't change. I'm, I'm being serious. It won't change Chazen Helfgott's uh, uh, signature pieces. He'll still take out the Torah with a piece that people literally come to shul to hear. Right? I mean that that will happen. There may be adjustments in times, you know, in other areas, but still, some of the classics that people, like you said about the Mishabarach earlier, some of the classics that people demand, you know, you don't want to disappoint them by not doing it. Right. So, 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 but you'll have to compensate. So, so yes. So, let's say you sing a piece taking out the Torah. You'll have to maybe not sing along in Kitzvah, right. or maybe sing less of Hayomaras Olam and Ar- like this year, right. for example. I sang only one of the Hayomaras Olam and Areshit because those were places that I could move it along. Right. And I do. It does resonate with me what you said. In the first day, I had the same thing. I was totally pressured for time. Right. And when I showed up the second day, I was like, okay, we made it. We're still here. <laughs> we could take another ten minutes. Nothing's gonna happen. Right. That's that was exactly my attitude. Does he have a special Rebona Shalom for uh, Yom Kippur? Does, is there a special Rebona Shalom? I mean, I know there's, there's a special, you know, written Rebona Shalom. Does he have a special piece, or it would be similar to what he does on Yontif for Rebona Shalom? Yeah, so, so it's actually very, very sad, because his signature piece is not even the Sanatokif. It's the Rebona Shalom right. when you take out the Sefer Torah. Right. That is, people show up to hear that. Right, that's and he sings, he sings it from Kwartin. It's one of the most famous pieces that Chazanim sing. But this year, it's a 14-minute piece. <gasps> There's just no way to do it, so he's simply wow. not going to say it. And, you know, we're going to have to find the Rabboni Shom in other parts of the Davening. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, at least Baruch Hashem, he and you and all the Chazanim are Davening for the Yomid. Thank God. Thank God that everyone, uh, I hope that most people are in good health. I know obviously our community is unfortunately still suffering in terms of uh, COVID spikes, but hopefully people will become more and more aware and responsible, and the, the collective health of the community in the year 5781 will just get better and better. And Cantor Benny, as you always remind us, with all the singing and the accompaniment and the nusach and the tefillah and the, and the liturgy, 
The most important thing is that our prayers are, in fact, heard by the one above. Uh, you said to me off the air something that I thought was profound, and that is that you now realize again the need that people have to be in shul. And I think, honestly, I have to believe that God recognizes that. No matter what level we are at in terms of our tefillot, the fact that people make the effort, no matter what their background is, to be in shul, to be part of the community and feel that this is where God wants me on these three days and hopefully beyond that, I think is really important. By the way, Nachum, I couldn't agree with you more, and I'll share with you just a quick vignette. Sure. We had, uh, on the second day of Yontif, obviously, we were blowing chauffeur, right. and I actually, in my opinion, Chazen Helfgott was our Baal Tokea, wow. which was incredible. And I, I just didn't want him to hear the notes that I was hitting, because I knew in every note he could hit most probably two or three octaves <laughs> higher. But the, the point of the story is there was a fellow who shows up in shul, and I know that he's not especially religious. I only see him on Rosh Hashanah Kippur. Right. And from the moment we started chauffeur to almost the end of davening, he was crying. And I went up to him after to Davini, and I said, is something wrong? Is someone in the family not well? And he said to me, you know, I thought I wouldn't be back to hear Shofar. And it was just so powerful that he heard the sound. Not the davening moved him, the sound of the shofar. And that's the story of the Jewish people. Davening matters to us, whether it's an abridged service or a full service. Coming to shul is really a gift. And it's so funny you mentioned that because I also experienced over Yontif people who, again, you would never expect would have that level of care and concern for Tefillah or the chauffeur exhibit what you just described. I got to be there for the chauffeur. I have to take the chauffeur seriously. And don't we say that chauffeur is a form of Tefillah, right? Is a, a, a form of, of prayer to the one above and certainly a wake up call to prayer that we know. So it, Absolutely. Sh- it, it shouldn't be minimized. It should only be uh, emphasized, everybody, no matter what the background is of your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your relatives. If they're taking shul, chauffeur, and things like that seriously, uh, to whatever degree, but seriously for them, it is something to be lauded, and, and you should use the opportunity to tell them how meaningful that is to you, uh, that you see how seriously they take Yom Kippur. A lot of people, by the way, and look, again, you're from a congregation with many people from different backgrounds. Uh, all the way right to left across the board. I mean, there are people who are not, you know, ritually observant the entire year to any degree, but they will fast on Yom Kippur. They will fast the entire 25 hours and take it seriously and say to themselves and to others, I'm doing this because of tradition, heritage, and, and because God has commanded it. And I think it's really important to keep in mind. Yes, and I'm always inspired, Nahum, by looking out at the congregation and seeing people that I know are not observant. Right. And they don't profess to be, but they show up, grandfather, grandson, son, and they're fasting 25 hours, and I'm like, wow, it's hard for me. Right. And I'm showing to our imagine what that means, what tradition they're keeping. To me, it's inspiring. Yeah, and their, and their children and grandchildren will be the beneficiaries of it, by the way. You're so right. Uh, they, they will not be generations that are lost. They'll be generations that are either stable uh, religiously or that will be coming back religiously, which is pretty amazing. Cantor Benny, I am so glad we did this. I am so glad we did this. A Shanatova Mutuka Gamar Hatimatova. I am going to be thinking of you. I'm going to be thinking of you during Salachti. I'm going to be thinking of you during Kiyanaka Homer. I'm going to be thinking of you during Shmakalainu. I'm going to be thinking of you during uh, during uh, uh, Ein Kitzva. I'm going to be thinking of you. Oh, oh during, we didn't even mention Hinnany. I got yelled at for doing Hinnany too quickly. What do you think of that? <laughs> Nachum, I did the same thing. I, I, I opened it up. I jumped four or five lines. Right. I continued. There's no choice. There simply is no choice. But it's funny that with Hinnany, which remember, nobody's participating in. Nobody. That was one of the things that irked the congregation. Hinnany? You can't. Hinnany sets the tone. Hinnany gets us into the mood. You, you can't adjust Hinnany. And I thought that was a key. Not one congregant is saying Hinnany. 
and they're upset right. that it's going too quickly. It's tradition, and it's what people are used to. And it's hard. It's hard for people to change, but yeah. we're the leaders, Nachum. And one thing I'll tell you, Nachum, the, the most positive part of this whole virus, if you can say that anything is positive right. for Chazanim, is that everybody is wearing masks, and they have to socially distance, so they can't talk so much during davening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's, one, there's one blessing for the Chazanim, is that there's less talking, and there's not so much time to talk. Right. The thing that bothers me about that, frankly, is that you can't get much audience participation, which, you know, could sometimes take your breath away, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, I, find, I find myself singing stuff I never had to sing before. You know, I usually rely I agree. On, and I had the same experience. You're singing, and you're, you turn around. Is where anyone is, here? Where, where is everybody? Yeah. And by the way, you know, Barosh Hashanah, and we don't repeat words in, in our service, but Barosh Hashanah, we do, the, the congregation does participate by, you know, every few, uh, every couple of lines singing the refrain again, as you know. Right. And, and you s- suggested that that's something that we can eliminate because, you know, you do it at the beginning. There's a reason to go back to it again. And I, I str- and even before I saw your video, I struggled with this. I said to myself, you know, it, it's only, a, what is it, an extra 30 seconds total, you know, for the whole thing, you know. And, right. and, and, I, and I left it in. I left it in. And I said, I can't. You know, the congregation needs this. They want to participate. They want to be part of it. So th- th- that extra half a minute I'm responsible for. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they're hiring you back for Yom Kippur. I so. <laughs> hope so. As far as I know, Sunday night I'll be on Staten Island. So I think if you're not, right. <laughs> if not, you come to Parkies, Nachum. <laughs> there you go. I have a place at least. Thank God. I can't do any. to you. Thank you so much. Shana Tava to all the listeners and an easy and meaningful fast. Amen. Thank you so much. There he is, Cantor Benny Rogaznitsky, a tremendous, mamish, a tremendous conversation about the upcoming holiday of Yom Kippur and what it's been like up there at the Bima during these Yom Narayim here at JM in the AM.